and welcome to The Expansive. My name is Sean Lewitz, and this is where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress comes from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. You're about to listen to a moment from one of our previous episodes. This week's expansive moment is all about resilience and five factors that'll help you up your game. Without further ado, let's hand it over to the hosts. Here's Eric Kruger and John Sonnet. So we've spoken about resilience a lot of times. Um, it's a topic that obviously we spoke about a lot when the pandemic was happening. And then I think we haven't actually spoken about it in a while. And we have some some views on resilience and when you should be resilient and when you shouldn't be resilient and all those kind of things. But I came across a post that highlighted the five major factors for resilience. And these were like, when you look at it from a research point of view, these were like the highest researched points um, that or research characteristics or behaviors that you see in someone who has resilience. So I want to just run them. We're not going to discuss each of them in, in, in Go. I'll just read through them, and then you can give me some of your, your views on this. So five different factors. Number one is to accept reality even if it's hard. Number two is to be able to ask for help. Number three is to be patient, knowing that what feels like forever in the moment is not. Number four is to create a narrative that will help you grow from struggle. And number five is routine, something that helps to activate and that provides a bit of predictability for you. Do any of these for you stand out as like a, like, like one that you cultivate a lot or that? I've got comments on all of them. I love them. Let's go from the top. Cool. So accepting reality, even if it's hard. So I think the, the idea here is that you're taking responsibility for creating your own reality. So when you begin to take responsibility for that, then you are like, okay, I created this relationship issue. I created this money issue. I created this addiction. Okay, let me accept it and start fixing it. And when we don't take responsibility and we're in victim mode, we're blaming the government. Uh, we're blaming whatever we blame, our past, our parents, our future, our color, our masculinity, our femininity, whatever it is. Uh, you can't accept future uh, the present as it is. So I think, the first thing, responsibility for you being the captain, captain of your ship and the perceiver of your reality. Cool. I'm not going to add anything to that. Number two, asking for help. When you become very clear about what you're really good at and what you're not good at, it becomes easy to ask for help. And so you're not trying to prove to the world that you're good at everything. I am excellent at one or two things. I am super bad at many other things. So not that I just ask for help. I pay for help. And I know exactly where I need to pay for help and who I need to help me work in the way I need to work. So I think the art of delegation and the, ask of, the art of asking help is very much based on the old adage, know thyself. And when you know thyself, it's easy to ask for help and delegate otherwise. Mm. I was doing a talk for Golden Key. Uh, the, I'm not sure. It's like it's you know the elite students, like the smartest students that get invited to Golden Key. Do you know about this? Have you heard of a Golden Key Society? I was never a smart student. Yeah, well, I also didn't make the cut for it, but I was, I was fortunate enough to come and speak for them um, yeah. <laughs> last week. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. uh, so we were speaking about, uh, about survival mode and all these things, and, and one of the girls asked a question around what happens when you get so deep into survival mode that you can't bring yourself out. And it's true that, you know, 
at certain points in your life, when you are at your deepest and lowest and uh, can't see your way out of survival mode, I, I don't know to what extent you can get out of that on your own. I think at that point, you need others, even if it's just for the motivation of them saying you can do it. Um, and for them being there for accountability to say, what have you done today? It doesn't mean that they necessarily help you in, uh, you know, practical like financial means or actually doing things for you. But it could be that they're just there to hold up a mirror for you, to help you see how deep in survival mode you are, and that they are there to support you as you start climbing your way out of the hole. So it, it plays for me into that as well. I think deep, deep survival mode is a very difficult place to escape and it can be very lonely. So having someone to turn to is going to be very important for that. Number three, being patient. Knowing what feels like forever in the moment is not. As Gary Vee said, the bigger the dream, the deeper the patience. And uh, being patient is a sign of respect to yourself and the process. We did a pod a little while back that the worst thing that could happen to you is you becoming successful too early. It's a disaster. You don't have the container. You don't have the wisdom. You don't have the skill to contain that success. And we know this. When kids become rich too quickly, they flaunt it. They, they, they waste it. When people win the lotto, they waste it. And it's just because you haven't built the character and ability to manage that. And so patience is very much for me a sign of self-respect. Now, when you respect yourself more deeply, the more patient you are, the more elegant you are. And so patience is really, as you said a couple of podcasts away uh, ago, you said mediocrity, only mediocrity rushes. And so when you're in a rush, you're just actually just in a mediocre sort of space, you know? I heard a story once that there was a king that told his best advisors that they have to bring him a piece of advice or a what you call it, like a proverb, something that is applicable now and right through time um, as something that, that people can turn to, like a, a piece of wisdom. And eventually, like after much deliberation and conversation, his advisors came back with four words, this too shall pass. And I think when, you know, whether you're having good times or bad times, it's always worth remembering that, that everything is fleeting and we never know what the next moment's going to bring. And I know that there's been times for me in my life where when things have felt like a bit dark and I remember this too shall pass, I'm always quite surprised at how quickly things can turn around. You know, we often think that, oh, it's been this like slow descent, it's going to take me forever to get out of this again, but it can happen pretty quickly. Uh, but it, it depends a lot on your willingness to put in the work, the consciousness level that you're at, the amount of meditation that you're doing, all those kind of things. But wherever you're at, I think it's always a good anchor to remind yourself that this too shall pass. Mm, very good. I like that. Number four, narrative that you'll grow from struggle. This is best described by Andrew Huberman. He says, our society has created something called the dopamine reward prediction error. And what it is, is that we only celebrate at the outcome of a result that we expected. And if the result is not as we expected, or the struggle to get to the result is not celebrated, we don't access dopamine, happy energy, creativity, collaboration, innovation. And so what has happened is that the economy of scale system, as well as the schooling system, 
has created this dopamine reward prediction error. And we all suffer from it in many, many ways. Whereas the guys who make it through the Navy SEALs, the guys who are super passionate about what they do, the most creative amongst us are the ones that are celebrating the struggle. And when you do celebrate the struggle, you allow yourself to secrete dopamine, which in the struggle gives you more energy, more innovative ideas, more just more vibe. And with that energy, vibe, and intelligence and creative ideas, you get through to the finish line even easier and even quicker. And what the most amazing thing is, there's no finish line. When you get into enjoying the struggle and enjoying the challenge, you just want to wait to be in that challenge because you reframe what it means to do a task, not to finish it, but to get stuck into it. Thank you for that. I'm not going to add anything to that. I think that's great. Um, and number five is routine, which helps to activate and provides predictability. Well, you know, the routine, I think you and I are highly ritualistic people. I think it's got a pro and a con. You know, I think there's certain rituals that need to be in place. Uh, I think the, the, the ritual that I think is the most important, and we know this because I say it so often, is because the meditation in the morning and the evening, that ritual cocoons your day, cocoons your heart and gets you focused. And so obviously these routines and rituals help us be even more creative, have even more energy. And it's important to create some good ones and try and alleviate yourself from stressing about the bad ones. I think a lot of the times what we do is we've all got bad routines and then what we do is we scold ourselves with the bad routines. And my biggest idea is, can you accept every part of yourself? Can you be absolutely okay and accepting of everything that you are? Because you are human. You are here to make mistakes. You are here to have those sort of ups and downs and you know, fall off the wagon a little bit. It's absolutely okay. And so two things, stick to the routines that are good and stop beating yourself up over the head for breaking any good routines. Yeah. I think that's always a, a, a challenge is that there's, there has to be the acceptance of who you are and what you do and uh, the fact that you are fallible and human. And then there has to still be the counterweight, which is that I'm still aiming and trying to get somewhere new and trying to be my best. And so it's like the acceptance of who I am and where I am and what's happening but also the push to be better and try more and get to the next level, whatever that might look like. And I agree with you that, well, we, we all have routines, whether and most of it, unfortunately, I think, is created very unconsciously as we go through our day. And very often we create routines because it's a, it's a response to something. You know, something happens in your life, you create a new routine around it, and then that thing goes away, but the routine stays and it, it doesn't actually make sense anymore for it to be in your life. Um, like, I can give you an example. You know, when I started my morning routine uh, many years ago, what I based that on was what everyone else was doing. It was just, you know, what, what like, typically, like, what, like those Forbes lists, you know, what is the best morning routine of high performers and billionaires? And, like, it, it's like the 16-step process. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, that, it works for them. It must work for me. So you start doing this whole thing. And then at some point, you're like, well, why am I doing this? I'm actually not, I'm not sure anymore. Like, I'm doing it every day, but for what? Uh, and over the years, my morning routine has become more and more intentional because I know now what I need to get out of it. And that's the most important thing when you design these routines is that know what you need to get out of it. A morning routine can be as long or as short as possible uh, as long as you get what you need out of it. But it's not just about morning routines because routine and ritual uh, sits in every part of our day. And unfortunately, most of the time, it's, invis it's invisible. It has to be 
because that's part of the nature of routines that it becomes invisible. So make those routines more visible, realize what they are, ask whether they're still serving the same purpose if they did before, do they need to be changed? And I think the more intentional you are of that, the richer your life becomes because routine is such an important part of it. For so much more just like this, be sure to follow The Expansive today on your app of choice. And while you're doing that, please leave us a five-star review. You can listen to the full episode titled Auto GPT and Five Factors for Resilience right now. Remember, you can find The Expansive on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and we're on YouTube. The links to all of which you'll find in the show notes. Until the next time, stay expansive. Expansive.